This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 87. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I have a quick question for you. Before we get started, how would you like a one-on-one call with yours truly to discuss writing your book? I don't know if you have knowledge to share or just an experience that you know other people could benefit from. I would love to help discuss this with you. I would love to help you. I wish that I had someone that I could talk to when I started writing all my books. So I am a bit of a book doula, so I help people give birth to books. So let's make that happen. I'm here for you. All you need to do is go to my website. I hope you subscribe, of course, and then send me a direct message requesting a one-on-one virtual call so that we can set up your book talk. And let's jump in now to today's episode. Oh my gosh, this book that I highlighted is so awesome. It's called You Are Not Your Brain, the four-step solution for changing bad habits, ending unhealthy thinking, and taking control of your life. It's by Jeffrey Schwartz and Rebecca Gladding. This book is so great on so many levels. Does your brain ever run on automatic pilot and it uh, runs in the most unhealthy ways or unhelpful ways that you know your brain almost just takes over. It fills you with self doubt. It fills you with anxiety or self-sabotaging behavior. I don't know about you, but I mean, oftentimes we create these habits or we have these habitual ways that we're acting or that we're thinking or that come up. And that's why I love this book because it's all about that, that we are not our brain. So If you think about it, before we even jump into the book and highlighting this book, like what is it that you are doing that you want to stop? So chances are we have some things maybe that we are doing that we wish that we didn't do. And I know for some people, maybe it's smoking, maybe it's drinking, maybe it's um, having negative self-talk or even procrastination. Um, So, and then there's the other flip side of that is what are you not doing that you would like to do? So that's that procrastination, right? And, or that you, maybe you're not exercising as much as you'd like to, or so the idea with this book is that it's all about making the brain work for you. Now there's so many usable nuggets that you can use that you can turn this knowledge into action. And we actually had so much fun. We highlighted this one live on the book club last night. And it was so much fun because there are so many things that you can apply right away. And it's those four steps that you can use. So if you just take this now and think in this moment, like what are you doing that you want to stop? Or what are you not doing that you would like to do? Even if you have to pause it and think about a couple things, um, feel free to do so. Because what we're going to do is we're going to go through making our brain work for us. So the main message within this book is that you are not your brain. So basically our brain is the operating system of, you know, creating uh, our reality. So the skills that we need to learn 
we, in order, we, in order to, oh my gosh, I couldn't even talk there in order to achieve new habits and healthy behaviors and, um, kind of changing our thoughts a little bit, what we need in order to overpower our cravings and basically our attempts that to dictate our actions, you know, we have to really, really look into our brain and we have to recognize when our brain takes over our thoughts, when it attacks our own self-worth, when it, it questions our abilities or it overpowers us, you know, and into cravings, um, it attempts to dictate our actions. So our brain actually has, has the power to really sabotage us to really create, um, a kind of not the world that we want for ourselves. So the idea here is that we want to take back control of our brain. And this whole book is basically that it's all about, you are not your brain. So our brains create these these pathways and these habitual ways of acting and thinking um, over time that it's it actually creates our behavior it creates our actions it creates our thoughts so what we want to do then is there's there's definitely skills we need to create the skills in order to untangle any of those unhelpful thoughts any of those unhelpful emotions any of those unhelpful actions um, and it becomes really essential for us to untangle those to become more aware of deceptive brain messages so when we become more aware of these deceptive brain messages, I don't know about you, but sometimes you get those negative voices or the negative self-talk that comes up. Uh, and it's like, I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not worthy enough. Maybe I'm unlikable. I don't know what comes up for you, but sometimes these deceptive brain messages based on our experiences, on our past, on our upbringing, on um, things that we've gone through, on our beliefs. So remember when we have repetitive thoughts, they become beliefs. And then we believe them as true and we create that neurological pathway in our brain. So all these things, these deceptive brain messages, they're sometimes they're false and they're inaccurate thoughts and they actually become unhelpful and they create these distracting impulses or urges or desires. And it takes away from our true goals, from our intentions, from our true self and the life that we really want to lead. So you can see how it's so powerful, right? So the good news though, is that we can definitely create power over our brain and we can do that by using our mind. So our brain kind of is like, think about it as, you know, like it's, um, our brain goes creates and logically, right. If you think about it, if we had to think about every single thing that we did, like putting your car into, you know, first gear, if it's a manual transmission, push in the clutch. And if we had to think about lifting our arm to our mouth, lifting a glass and drinking it, if we didn't have those automatic systems or the neurological pathways, oh my gosh, we'd have to be thinking consciously all the time. So that's why our brain creates these neural networks so that we don't have to think about things. So it becomes more autopilot. Um, the problem though, is that sometimes our brain creates these pathways or beliefs because of the repetition. And then it creates, we believe it as true. 
And it's, it's laid the foundation. So the good news though, is that we can use our mind to help sculpt our brain. We can use the power of our mind to, 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 to kind of realize and recognize where our brain is maybe sabotaging us or where we've created pathways that aren't necessarily good for us and that they're working against us. So we want to kind of take back control of our brain and our, and those deceptive brain messages. That's what this whole book's about. So the idea is to align with our truth self. So we want to live according to our truth. You know, we want to see what it is like we want to be, and we want to act and show up in our world in a really positive or a really effective way that feels good to us. And so throughout this book, they, she, they use a really, um, good flow of steps that help us work through these things that maybe what, what we we are doing that we want to stop, or um, it's really about standing up for your true self. It's about standing up for who you really want to be and how you really want to think and how you really want to feel and how you want to act. And you want to make sure it's in accordance with your true interests and your true self. So cool. So I love the way they put it within their book. They they called it the wise advocate. So it's kind of like, um, it's the attentive mind. The wise advocate is seeing the bigger picture and is connecting us to our inherent worth and our capabilities and our, our accomplishments that we would love to achieve and the goals we want to meet. So this wise advocate, it basically knows what you are thinking. It can see the deceptive brain messages for what they really are and where they came from. This wise advocate understands how you feel like physically and emotionally, and it's aware of how destructive and unhealthy some of our habitual ways or automatic responses have been. And so this wise advocate, I love the way they put that is this like this, it's this, this wise, uh, different lens or perspective in which we can see things. And this wise advocate wants the best for you. And it really does become about caring for yourself and loving yourself and encourages you to value your truest self. And then you can make decisions in really rational ways based on what it is and your overall best interest for yourself and for the long term, right? So this book is so great because it really does help us with recognizing recognizing um, that we are not our brain, that our, our our minds can really work to help us see things from a different perspective, uh, from this wise advocate perspective. And we can, we can use our, the power of our mind in order to program the brain, the brain's, um, the everyday habitual responses. And so it's really important, right? And it's really key. And this is going to help us in so many ways. Um, this part I love. Oh, I, it's really interesting, right? The disruptive brain messages, because, um, once we start beginning to rec- recognize and see the false negative thoughts associated with our actions and, and we start to see these kind of uncomfortable sensations and what we do with them, it's really cool because it's the best way we actually really see these disruptive thoughts that are holding us back from, 
you know, all those things that we want for ourselves. So those things are basically now we automatically say to ourselves and it's almost without awareness. Can you think of any? I know for me, I sometimes you can find them hidden in negative self-talk. So you can find some of these disruptive um, brain messages when you pay attention to your negative self-talk. So when you, you say something like, oh, you know, I'm lazy or, you know, I'm whatever it is, the, that negative self-talk that comes up for you. Um, one of the ladies on the book club last night, she was saying that, oh my gosh, one of my negative messages is that I'm so fat. And she says, she says it all the time. And, um, and she's like really mean to herself. Like, and, uh, it's interesting because that is a deceptive brain message and and constantly repeating it, it allows her brain to actually believe it. And then her actions are going to follow suit, right? So, um, and so I, I always say when, in, when I used to teach, uh, I still do weight loss coaching, but when I do weight loss coaching, some of the people, I say, well, if you, if you want a body like an athlete, you got to act, live and behave like an athlete. And it's amazing how that's kind of the, the same thing, right? Um, okay. So then some of the examples that they use, some examples of disruptive brain messages, uh, and these uncomfortable sensations and these unhealthy habitual responses are, for example, I'm not good enough. I should have done this. I should have done that. Um, I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm a bad person or I'm not good enough. I don't matter. You know, everyone else is more important than me. I know that was very common. A lot of times with women, they put everyone else's needs before their own. Um, I have no control, uh, and that sort of stuff. So I'm unlovable. Um, I will be alone. All those things are really false, uh, negative, deceptive brain messages of thoughts or impulses. Right. And then also there's uncomfortable sensations. So some of them might be like an anxiety in your, the pit of your stomach, or you feel butterflies or a tightness in your chest or a pounding in your chest or sweating or, you know, like you feel uh, uh, sadness in your heart or fatigue or just these feelings, right? Or frightened or these are amazing because these emotional responses or uncomfortable sensations uh, that you feel in your body, it's embodied, you feel these uncomfortable sensations. That's part of what starts to form habit. Because when we feel those uncomfortable sensations, we have these, these deceptive thoughts too, or we have these uncomfortable sensations, well, we move and we act in a way that's going to make us feel better. So we have these habitual responses, such as maybe using drugs, going shopping at the mall, or uh, eating that cake, or crunching on those chips, or just wasting time and procrastinating uh, because maybe it feels better because we have an uncomfortable feeling in our stomach. So it's amazing. That's, that's basically that how habits are formed. We have these, these false thoughts or impulses or urges, and then we have these uncomfortable sensations in our body. And then we want to do something in response to that to make us feel better. So then whatever that is, like maybe it's, you feel, you feel, um, I'm, your thought is that you feel so stressed out and the uncomfortable sensation is maybe uh, tightness in your stomach or, or upset stomach. And then the habitual response is maybe pouring yourself a glass of wine because, and then as you drink that glass of wine, you feel a sense of relief. It's almost like that wine 
gives you a sense of relief to that stress. And that's how a habit is formed. So then basically you create that neurological pathway and your brain's like, oh my gosh, every time you feel stressed, boom, what do you need? A glass of wine. And so, yeah, so it's really about these disruptive brain messages that create this habit. And that's why habits are so hard to break. So let's think about it. Can you think about any of your disruptive brain messages or the the cycles that maybe you go through um, in your life? Like what, what are some of the false messages that your brain is sending to you? And what's the result of those negative messages? Uh, so if you're saying to yourself, you know what, um, I'm not sure if my book is going to be successful. So right? You get nervous and like a a nervous feeling that your book won't be a bestseller. And then you leave it in your, your computer and you, you know, it doesn't reach anybody. Um, and then you procrastinate, right? It feels better to not at all put it out to the world because then there's, there's no fear of failure there. You won't fail because you're not putting it out. So it's really interesting how these uh, deceptive brain messages really do disrupt our life. So deceptive brain messages, they create a perpetual cycle. So that example that I used, I'm so stressed. It's a brain message. I feel overwhelmed, a pit in my stomach. It's an uncomfortable sensation. Maybe someone uses alcohol. Maybe they use pot or other drugs just to escape that. And that becomes a habit response to the uncomfortable feeling. So the idea here is it's just about start by being aware of all the times during the day that your brain tries to tell you one thing, whereas your goals and your intentions would guide you to do something else. That's huge, right? So the idea is to start being aware. You want to just notice those things in your life that your brain is trying to tell you to do something or act some way or think some way, but your goals are telling you something totally different and your intentions would be something else. And I, I love that that aspect um, of this book is just really that reflective thing. So the good news is you are not your brain. So now that you understand what deceptive brain messages are and how much they actually damage um, what it is that you'd like to be or damage your solutions or hold you back or, you know, so this is all about constructively focusing your attention with your mind. So there's a difference between your mind and your brain, right? The brain receives inputs and generates a sort of passive side, like a whole bunch of side experiences. So it's like all through your life, you create these, um, these neurological pathways and it allows us to function. It's where the mind is active, where as sorry, where the brain is active, whereas your mind is the more about focused attention. It's about making decision. It's more the executive part of your brain. It's like, what it is that you actually, what are your goals? What's the meaning here? Um, it's tapping into your true self. And this is that part of your brain. That's, you know, that, um, wise advocate. So we can use our mind and I keep saying that. So brain, so brain is basically the, I would say it's like the operating system to keep us operating and functioning and it's programmed. Think of it as like it's programmed. And then our mind has the capacity to reprogram and to be more aware of all the goals and dreams and 
desires that we want for ourselves, what we want to do more of, what we want to do less of. And actually your mind can program your brain. And so that is so important, right? So your brain sends you false messages all the time throughout your day. Isn't that scary? It's like, what? (laughs) So your brain is sending you these false messages that you've created over time. So these messages often are disruptive and they can prevent you from achieving your goals. These disruptive brain messages are any thoughts or impulses or desires that basically take you away from your true goals and intentions in your life. Then the wise advocate can help you decide how to act and how to perceive and think about things. So that's your mind. The mind chooses how you focus your attention. So your mind literally chooses what it is that you're focusing your attention on, what you're thinking, what you're doing, how you're acting, that sort of thing. So the good news is you have the ability to define your true self and to align your actions with your goals and your values on a moment to moment basis. So basically bottom line, and it's the title of the book, you are not your brain. (laughs) So in positive psychology, there is a whole field of study called neuroplasticity. And this is more good news for us because neuroplasticity, basically, I always say, and it's funny, I use the example of my grandpa. He used to always walk along this one path to his farm to feed the horses. And you could see this path, like he took it every single day, multiple times a day, and it got packed down. It was very easy for him to walk. So think of neuroplasticity as that. Every time you send repetition or messages down uh, a pathway, it becomes easier and easier to go down that path. And it becomes the path of least resistance. And it becomes the path that you take all the time. And so the idea is, is that that's where it becomes automatic. Neuroplasticity is basically where you can change the path. So if you wanted to, he could start walking on a different path that maybe was more appealing. And at first it would be a little bit harder, but with repetition, he would create that new pathway. And then the other one would grow over eventually, but it was still there. So the idea here is that neuroplasticity really includes any process that results in a change in the brain's structure, its circuits, its chemical compositions. So we can actually, the brain is taught how to function, right? And so we can use our mind to then have that self-directed neuroplasticity, which means we have the power to use our mind to focus our attention, to allow for the ability of different pathways and through dedication, hard work and commitment, we can, we have the choice to, we have choices to what actions we're going to take, what we're going to think about. We can rewire our brains literally with self-directed neuroplasticity. So that's the science. (laughs) So a question for you, how do you want to act? Who do you want to be? So understanding this is so essential because you can just start by defining your true goals and start by defining your what you really value. Start by defining how you want to act and then how you want to be. And it's amazing because now you know you can program your own brain using your mind and using that wonderful wise advocate. And that is what this whole book is all about. So you know what? What are you doing right now that you want to stop? 
Is it, you know, eating food when you're procrastinating? Is it using alcohol to calm yourself down? Is it calling an ex or someone when you feel lonely? (laughs) Guilty. Anyway, so you know what? The idea here is, is that uh, you want to tap back in and make a list of what is important to you. How do you want to show up? How do you want to act? Who do you want to be? And then know that you can use your mind to create that reality for yourself. And that's neuroplasticity. Okay. So they, they also talked all about, um, making sure that, um, that you, you recognize that you have this control. So you basically want to write down, um, all these things to remind you that you're in control. And so some of the things can be like, uh, when your deceptive brain messages come up, maybe you have a mantra, maybe you write down somewhere in your home, these disruptive brain messages have no power. They are false. That could be your mantra. Or um, when you notice these messages or this behavior coming up or actions, or you catch yourself thinking something um, with respect to deceptive brain messages, it's not, it's not what you think or feel. It's what you do that counts. So basically your actions, so you can still have those thoughts and those things and actions that start to come up, but you have control to halt them. You have control to stop them in their tracks. So another thing you could say is these thoughts and sensations are not real. Uh, I do, I will not give in to them. Also, if disruptive brain messages come up, you could say, I don't have, I don't have, oh, another one, because I know I procrastinate. This is a good one. I don't have unlimited time to, to fail or to flail around or to waste um, in this universe. So that's for the people that use the time as an excuse <laughs> or they're procrastinating or they just say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And it's so funny because that's actually me. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do procrastinate at times. So let's go into the four steps. So step one is the power of awareness, kind of relabeling it. I always say, uh, and my coach always used to say to me, well, you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. And that resonates with me so much, right? When you're in it, it's hard to see it. So sometimes we have to zoom out the lens and just identify these disruptive brain messages uh, as and these uncomfortable sensations and call them for what they really are are without judgment. So catch yourself. You got to, you got to kind of zoom out the lens and and notice and just be aware. So the first step is the power of awareness. Like what are the false messages that your brain is sending to you? And what do you do as a result of those negative messages? So it's the ability to see from a fresh perspective or fresh eyes and see it as the wise advocate, right? So what are those deceptive, deceptive, deceptive brain messages. Um, what are they for you? How does your body and your brain want to act and how does your brain and body want to respond? Right. And so what are these brain messages getting in the way? So that is the first step, the power of awareness. And then the second step is about reframing your thinking errors. So reframing your thinking errors. So thinking errors are deceptive brain messages, 100%. Um, And it's like these thoughts and these urges and these impulses that keep bothering you. Like it's, it it bothers you. So these false brain messages, like, you know what, it's not, it's not you, it's actually your brain. So 
if you think about, you know, why does this keep bothering me? Or is this a false message? Am I using any thinking errors? So for example, some thinking errors might be, um, we have worst case scenario thinking, um, maybe we catastrophize something, we make it bigger than it is. Maybe we're fortune telling, we're, we're kind of predicting something's going to go bad. Um, when we don't even really know we have worst case scenario thinking. Um, the other thing is, is that we do mind reading or, you know, I should have, or should statements. So these are thinking errors often. So these false expectations or faulty comparisons also are thinking errors and they really do affect us. Um, and false expectations, we think that something's going to be way better than it is, is also a thinking error. So just paying attention and really reframing or noticing, like, what are your thinking errors? Um, and, and ask yourself, like, is this true? Um, so recognizing those deceptive brain messages or those uncomfortable sensations and just relabel them. So dismiss them as faulty logic or, and notice them as strong pulls and then accept them. So just like noticing these deceptive thoughts, urges, and impulses, it's like, okay, I see you impulse. I, I, I feel you sensation and know that they'll arise, but you do not have to act on them. So those things are going to come up. It's not about pushing them down and burying them under the carpet. It's letting them come up and then saying, okay, but I, I see them. I acknowledge them. I'm going to reframe them because I know they're disruptive brain messages and I know they're not serving me. So getting that wise advocate kind of coming in. So we're, we're using the power of awareness and then we're reframing and catching any thinking errors, um, and, 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 and helping and, and being aware. And then step three is all about the power of focus. We can refocus our attention. We can refocus our actions. We can refocus how we respond, how we feel. Um, very, very, that's the step three. That's what it's all about. Okay. So direct your attention towards an activity or a mental process that is wholesome and productive, and it's going to feed you on many levels. It's going to move you towards your goals. Even while you have deceptive urges, even while you have deceptive thoughts or thinking traps, uh, even if you have impulses and sensations that maybe are present and they're kind of bothering you, you can decide where you're putting your attention. And that's where that mind comes in, right? You are not your brain. So what activities can you do right now to turn your attention towards something that is healthy, that is constructive, that is beneficial? So you can ask yourself that, like what activity can I do right now that's going to turn my attention to something that is healthy, constructive, and beneficial? Or am I avoiding something I want to do right now? I know me, I walk into the kitchen and I like want something from the fridge when I'm putting off, you know, doing something that I should be doing. <laughs> All right. So refocusing, refocusing your, um, the, there's a power in refocusing and directing your attention somewhere else. And, you know, sometimes some notice where your attention is focused. That's the first step. And then refocusing, sometimes we have to do activities to help us refocus. So that could be, you know, going for a walk. It could be exercising, reading, writing, meditating, journaling. Journaling. Um, and it, so it's not really about being distracted. It's about deliberately placing your attention somewhere. 
right? And then it's just about checking in and making mental notes of what's going on and notice what you are avoiding sometimes too, and just being mindful about it. Okay. So then the fourth step and the final step is about mindfulness and revalue. So revalue things. It's about clearly seeing your thoughts, clearly seeing your urges and clearly seeing your impulses for what they are and see them as simply sensations caused by your deceptive brain messages. They are not necessarily true and they have little to no value. In other words, they're not helping you move forward. So they are something that we can dismiss and not focus on. So we want to re put the value in somewhere else, right? So we don't want to give them any value. So using the wise advocate, you want to sum up what's already happening. You're connecting to those thoughts, those urges, those impulses, those cravings and desires, and you see them as deceptive brain messages. And then what you're going to do is not just to blindly move away from them, but what you're going to do is see them as true and as true emotion rather, or sensations, and just reflect on what it is that is your true self and, or is it a false emotional sensation? So you're kind of revaluing. So you're seeing the, the true emotion and you're seeing your true self, but you're also seeing how these um, deceptive brain messages might be showing up and you're just like reframing them, revaluing them. You're recognizing that one has more value than the other. So that's, that's, the steps. So basically you're, you're the power of awareness and relabeling, kind of looking at things and then reframing and noticing the thinking errors that they are actually errors and reframing your biology, reframing your social pain. Um, like if you're feeling rejected, like it's painful, it's like, okay, well, I'm not, that's a thinking error rejection, right? And then um, the power of focus is just refocusing, directing your attention towards an activity or a mental process that's wholesome and productive for you. And then reevaluate, revaluing. So it's kind of seeing the difference between your deceptive brain messages, your urges, thoughts, and impulses that aren't serving you, and then flipping it and seeing what it is that would serve you. In other words, you know, what's, what's good for you? What's aligned with your true self? And that's, that's the fourth step. So think about it. I would love to hear, like, think about things that you want to change using these four steps. I would love to hear about how this goes for you. Um, I know that I'm, I'm going to try and work on a few things myself. Um, one of the tips within the book too, is that you pick one at a time. And then just work through that and create that wonderfully use that um, wise advocate. Also, so think about it. Like, what are you not doing that you would like to do? Or what are you doing that you want to stop? <laughs> so make your brain work for you. I really would love to hear how this works for you. You are not your brain, the four-step solution for changing bad habits ending unhealthy thinking and taking control of your life. Such a good book. I can't thank you guys enough for your loyalty and listening. And I have such an exciting book that I'm going to highlight for next week. So I hope you can join us. If you haven't been to my website in a long time, there's lots of amazing things there, including a book vault. So it's like all these books that I've read and highlighted and made notes for you. They're all there. So you just have to subscribe, go in there and click on book vault It's absolutely free. So I hope you go over there to my website. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. 
If you like this podcast that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the content in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show. 